the Morris Ford lynchings, the Atlanta race riots, the Harris County lynchings, the Jackson County race riots. Of course you weren't talk about this in school. Class is back in session. Welcome to Hidden Lynchings. Glad you joined us today again. This is uh, episode number two. Today we're going to learn and talk about the Jenkins County riots. Again, the Jenkins County riots. So let's start with the backstory. Uh, the Jenkins County riots happened in 1919. To be exact, um, it started on April 3rd, 1919. For those that don't know, Jenkins County is a county that is located uh, in southeast Georgia. So I always start with a backstory. So let's get into it. Carswell Baptist Church was a prominent church in southwest Georgia and in Jenkins County. They were celebrating their anniversary around April 3rd, 1919. This was a huge celebration. Preachers were to have been coming from all over the state. Uh, many uh Civic groups were involved in this anniversary celebration, and there was going to be an expected attendance of over 3,000 people. Uh, Joe Ruffin um, is going to be the main character and the main individual that we discussed today. Joe Ruffin was a successful farmer, a mason, and a very wealthy black man by those days' standards. Joe, Joe Ruffin was someone with lots of money, very successful, which was uncommon at the time. Uh, he was someone who was well-respected in the community, and he was actually to have been the marshal of this Carswell Baptist Church anniversary event. So Joe Ruffin um, was actually headed to the anniversary celebration, and he actually got stuck in traffic. Joe Ruffin was in the car with his friend Edmund Scott, as well as his younger son, Lewis. So as, the, um, as they ran into traffic, you know, their car slowed down and they were at a standstill. Uh, w. Clifford Brown, who was the Jenkins County, a Jenkins County Sheriff deputy at the time, was in a separate car with Mr. Thomas Stevens, who was a, um, a law enforcement officer in a nearby county. So they rolled up next to Joe Ruffin uh, and the people that were in his car. They, uh, I guess you could call it driving while black or, um, you know, law enforcement giving them a hard time. So Sheriff Brown actually attempted to search and did search Joe Ruffin's vehicle for alcohol. They found no alcohol. And so they attempted to arrest um Edmund Scott for having a pistol. They wanted to find anything they could to try to arrest him. So as I've told you before, Joe Ruffin was a very um, wealthy and successful man. And so what he tried to do was to pay the $400 bail amount on the spot by writing a check. So he, he attempted to pull a checkbook out of his pocket. Uh, Deputy Sheriff Brown was known to have a very bad temper and just be, he was a nasty man. He was an evil person. He had a bad temper and that was known throughout the county. He refused to allow Joe Ruffin to pay the $400 bail amount for his friend with a check and he demanded cash. 
So mind you, this is Sunday. The banks weren't open and uh, Joe Ruffin did not have that amount of cash on him. So Joe Ruffin let the sheriff know that he didn't have the cash. And so um, Sheriff Brown said that he was going to have to arrest Mr. Scott on the spot. So Joe Ruffin attempted to comply, understood what was going to happen. And he actually tried to remove his friend from the vehicle. For some reason, Sheriff Brown took out his pistol, hit Joe Ruffin aggressively in the face with the pistol, and this knocked him unconscious. Now, in the process of the sheriff hitting Joe Ruffin in the face with the pistol, the gun actually went off. Now, the gun did not, uh, Joe Ruffin was not hit by any bullets when the gun went off, but the gun went off. And he was hit so hard with the pistol that he was knocked unconscious. Um, His son, Lewis, who was a war veteran, actually thought his father had been shot and killed. And so in defending his father, he shot and killed Deputy Sheriff Brown in retaliation. Thomas Stevens, who was also the other law enforcement officer who was in the car with Sheriff Brown, returned fire. And so there was sort of a gun battle. Thomas Stevens was actually killed in the gun battle. And also Mr. Scott, who was Joe Ruffin's friend, was killed in the gun battle. More than likely what occurred was that Thomas Stevens, who returned fire, actually shot Mr. Scott, but then he himself was killed. And so in this aftermath, um, as you can imagine, a mob of hundreds of white men in Jenkins County gathered right outside of the church. Again, right outside of Carswell Baptist Church. They were looking for Joe Ruff and they were angry that two white men had been killed. And, you know, news began to spread throughout the county. This mob of men actually burned the church down. They burned one of Joe Ruffin's vehicles, and they also lynched two of Joe Ruffin's sons. Both of these young men were burned to death, and their bodies were thrown into the fire. Because remember, the church was burned down. Joe Ruffin's sons were killed by the mob, and they threw the bodies into the church fire. Also, three Masonic lodges were burned. And uh, the newspapers report that seven black churches were burned to the ground. Um, Joe Ruffin's son, Lewis, um, honestly made the wise decision, and he fled Georgia and went into hiding because he would most certainly been lynched. Um, So as this story goes on, let's switch back to, you know, what may happen or what did happen to Joe Ruffin. So... You know, once all of this occurred, I mean, you can pretty much safely assume that Joe Ruffin, the next step would be for him to be lynched. Um, Because, you know, at the time, Georgia led the nation in lynchings in 1918. Again, Georgia was number one in the entire country in 1918 for the number of lynchings that occurred. So Joe Ruffin, as any smart person would have done, went into hiding initially. Then he ended up turning himself in to Sheriff M.G. Johnston 
of the um, of the local um, county sheriff's department. Johnston actually drove Joe Ruffin to nearby Augusta for his safety because Sheriff Johnston knew that the mob was going to attempt to lynch him. So the mob actually got word that Joe Ruffin had been transferred to a jail in Augusta, and they traveled to Augusta to lynch him. And so Joe Ruffin was subsequently moved again to Aiken, South Carolina. And ironically enough, Joe Ruffin's life was saved because the jailer in Aiken, South Carolina, lied to the mob and told the mob that Joe Ruffin was not residing in that jail. The mob believed him and left. So let's uh, now fast forward to the trial, to the murder trial. So Joe Ruffin, um, again, was a successful businessman, and he made the wise decision to hire the best white lawyer that money could find. Um, And that is exactly what he did. He was initially tried for the killing of uh, Deputy Sheriff Stevens. And uh, he was uh, tried, convicted, and sentenced to be hanged. Um, the good thing is that his uh, lawyer successfully argued for a motion to get a new trial, and that motion was granted. And he was subsequently acquitted of murder. Um, he then was tried and convicted for killing uh, Mr. Brown, who, again, was the law enforcement officer that was in the same car as Deputy, Chief, Deputy Sheriff Stevens. And he was acquitted for that murder as well. But as you can imagine, in Jenkins County, everyone in Jenkins County was so angry and so motivated and so so upset that two white men were killed and so angry at Joe Ruffin that they actually indicted Joe Ruffin for killing his friend, even though, as I said previously, it was Mr. Stevens who returned fire and shot Joe Ruffin's friend. They actually indicted Joe Ruffin for killing his own friend who was in the car with him, even though, again, he was knocked unconscious when he was hit over the head with a pistol. So, you know, despite a third trial where he was tried for convicting his own friend, um, unfortunately, he was found guilty and he was sentenced to 15 years in that third attempt to um, to find Joe Ruffin guilty of something. Thankfully, um, the Georgia Supreme Court actually set aside that sentence. Um, so this was a third attempt to convict and throw Joe, Ruff, Joe Ruffin in jail that was unsuccessful. Um, but... The people of Jenkins County, the political establishment, and the residents of Jenkins County hated and were so motivated to see that something happened to Joe Ruffin that they ended up trying and convicting him of embezzlement. Now, remember when I said that he attempted to pay uh, for his friend's uh, bail with a check? Now, even though he never actually wrote the check, 
he displayed the church checkbook because he was an elder at a nearby church. And because he displayed the church checkbook, they charged him with embezzlement. And um, he was convicted of that. Um, thankfully, Joe Ruffin had a lot of friends in the community who ultimately paid had that fine. And so after the fine was paid, um, that which was connected to the embezzlement charge, he was freed in 1923. Uh, the sad thing about this story is that Joe Ruffin, again, initially was a very wealthy, successful businessman and farmer. And he eventually b- lost all of his money and was broke. Um, he lost all of his money because he had to spend so much of it on legal representation because he was he had to go through three plus trials. And so he had to hire the best lawyers, the best attorneys, and all of his money was spent after, you know, in 1923, once he was finally let out of prison. And the sad part is he um, lived his remaining days in South Carolina because for his safety, he could no longer reside in the state of Georgia. Um, This is, again, for all of the listeners here, this is a part of our history. This is history that a lot of people are not aware of. So what this podcast is going to continue to do is to just discuss the history, as difficult as it may be, in terms of the brutality that has occurred in our nation's history uh, with respect to black people. And, And I hope that all Americans, regardless of if you are black, white, Hispanic, Asian, it does not matter. All Americans should have a better understanding of America's history and what happened to black people. If we don't understand history, we will most certainly repeat it again. And I will conclude by saying that um, the church, um, Carswell Baptist Church, was actually rebuilt in 1919. But sadly enough, it was destroyed again by arson in 2014. So um, I hope that you all learned something today. This is just a brief bit of content. Again, this was the Jenkins County Riots. Um, I'm Alan Holmes, and I'm out.